Hi, and welcome to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders to learn how we stand out, navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I'm your host, Bridget Height, and you can support this podcast by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on our website, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there hanging out, talking to industry leaders, and ready to empower you to grow your business. Now let's get On Point. Today, I am delighted to welcome Susie McEwen to the show for the first episode of season four. Susie is Vice President of Strategic Markets for Oak Street Funding, and over the years, she has helped hundreds of business owners fund and structure loans for succession, acquisition, and working capital. Today, she's going to share ideas for growth and succession in 2023. Welcome, Susie. Thank you, Bridget. It's a pleasure to be here today. It's good to work with you again. Thank Uh, you. um, So we'll just start right in. Uh, You know what? I was reading over my notes, and for those who are unfamiliar with the terms, what is inorganic growth? Organic growth, what is that? Organic growth is internal revenue growth and using your own like product or services to um, generate revenue for your firm. Inorganic is looking for other ways to uh, generate revenue by possibly buying a business of some sort or offering other services that have not been offered before to grow your business. And so I know we're going to touch base on that. We will. But thank you for that clarification. Um, So many business owners see a lot of uncertainty as they look ahead into 2023. What would you say to those business owners? They have a lot on their plate right now. There's a lot of uncertainty and they're probably facing, I considered headwinds right now. Um, And that is due to the volatility in the market, um, the uncertainty with interest rates, um, also with the the fact that um, it's tight labor market and geopolitical situation that we have with Ukraine and Russia. And so, it sounds like I'm being a Debbie Downer, and I apologize for that. It is the world right now. It is, but with turbulence, there's also opportunity. Sure. So it's looking for those opportunities to grow your business. And, um, you know, we just I just looked at the prime rate. You know, February 1st, we raised the rate, um, or the Fed's raised rates up to 7.75 on prime. It's the highest it has been since um, September of 2007. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, as you know, I work with a lot of advisors and RIAs, and I'm sure they're trying to figure out if they have um, bearable rate type loans, what that's going to do with the cash flow of their business. So um, I'm sure that has a lot of uncertainty. Some of the things I'm hearing from my clients is when I say about the tight labor market is they're having a hard time finding talent mm, okay. and in and it's in cities or towns that are not like you know um dallas yeah. san francisco um phoenix or new york it's other towns that are really having a hard time finding um talent and i talked to an advisor yesterday and it's you know it's it's causing to the point where they think that they're going to have to hire people that are not necessarily in the industry and just basically train them Okay. So um, this is a common theme. I remember um, uh, CPAs are in high demand as well. That those right. are. This is not. This is not unfamiliar news, actually. Um, so, do you feel that inorganic growth is still an option in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I do. Um, 
you know, 2022 was really good as far as M&A. I mean, it slowed down and, um, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, we st I'm still seeing activity. I will say, though, that I think it will slow down even more so because of the volatility in the market, rates going up. I think the buyers and the sellers are going to be more selective of who they're going to be working with, and things may not move just quite as quickly. Um, the one thing that I will say back on your earlier question is that RIAs and advisors that are looking to buy books of businesses, they really need to, to work with their uh, financial team. That'd be their banker, their accountant, their CPA, and, um, and, and, and attorneys. And um, to make sure that they put together a buy-sell agreement that's going to work really well for not only them, but also the lender that they end up possibly working with. Um, it's going to be really important because of the state that we're in as far as um, the uncertainty with even with credit is that they should really have their financial information in order. Be proactive. Sure. That makes sense. Um, so have you seen any recent trends from business owners pursuing inorganic growth? Yeah, I, you know, they're looking at, they're being creative. And I actually was with a team last week um, on a due diligence trip. And they were, they were two independent advisors that have their own, obviously their own firm. And they said during COVID, they're like, okay, what can we do differently to grow our business? And so what they, what, what their goal is now is finding independent advisors that wants to join their team and use their brand, um, use their services. Um, and, it's, and it's great for advisors that may not want to have all that pressure of actually running their business. Right. And, and so the, a lot of teams are now looking at adding on advisors to, to add uh, revenue to their bottom line, kind of scale up. But anyway, these these advisor teams are looking at ways to grow revenue by bringing on independent advisors um, that want to use their services, their brand to help even grow their book of business. Okay. And it helps generate revenue to the bottom line. Basically. Got it. Yep. Hmm. So what organic growth trends have you seen recently in the RIA industry? RIA industry. Sorry. You know, um, with the fact that we've had so much volatility in AUM, assets under management, because of uh, just drop in um, what, you know, in the stock market, I think advisors and RIAs are looking at opportunity to expand their relationship with their current client base. Mm -hmm. um, they're having to look at things a little bit, I'm sure, differently because we have had so much asset appreciation over the last, you know, several years. Um, great growth. And so looking at these RIAs and seeing if they have grown because of asset appreciation or are they really bringing in new revenue to their business? And so in doing that, you know, they, because of the great asset appreciation, you know, it could get easy to not, I want to say, provide as much one-on-one -on -one services with your clients, they're going to have to really dig a little bit deeper, look for opportunities that um, 
to get gather new assets from elsewhere. That's going to help with their organic growth. They're going to have to look at um, possibly Gen 2 relationships. Right. So if it's me, have a book of, or, you know, have my accounts with um, an investment advisor and, you know, that investment advisor should be talking to my kids, you know, adult children to make sure that if something happens to me, those assets stay. So they need to look also at marketing opportunities that maybe they haven't had to do, you know, in the past because the market has been so um, positive um, as far as growth. So um, gathering new assets, looking for opportunities where maybe a client um, has accounts elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I do hear this quite a bit with um, opportunities where um, buyers and sellers are coming together and the buyers coming to us for financing and they're saying, you know, I looked at his book or her book of business and there's opportunities here that they just have yeah. not picked up on. And so I see how I'm going to be able to grow this book of business now that you know, the, the seller is out of the picture. Got it. Uh, okay. So here's a big one. Uh, in their Q4 deal book, DeVoe and company reported another record year of M&A activity with a slowdown in Q4 due to rising rates and subsequent market conditions. As buyers become more selective for M&A, do you see organic growth becoming a more prominent choice for RIA firms? You know, there's still going to be sellers out there that need to sell their books of business or RIA because of health reasons, um, their their age, or an opportunity where they meet the right the right advisor or right RIA that's going to be their succession. And there's going to be there's going to be M and A out there. I I don't think it's going to be coming to a screeching halt. Um, I'm working now with a couple of different. M&A situations where it's health-related issues. So they're trying to make sure they're coming together, have everything in place um, because the seller's got, you know, current health issues. Um, Actually two right now that I'm working on as far as closing. And, but organic is definitely, like I mentioned earlier, is is really critical right now just to keep the revenue growing. Um, You know, we're seeing a downturn in obviously in AUM at these RIA practices. And, um, but there are RIAs out there that are just, you know, they're, they're still growing and they're growing because they're doing the right thing. They're out there finding new business. They're finding possibly individuals that maybe own a business and they've got it, they're selling it. So those are opportunities that are still gonna come about and help with the organic. So it's going to be a combination thereof, but everybody's been really riding the wave with asset appreciation and also the fact that there was such a flurry of activity of sellers and buyers out there. Oh, okay. Okay. So some business owners may be considering succession this year. Can these businesses still grow in 2023? Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. You know, um, I'm doing a lot more succession financing now than even M&A. Um, you know, I'm still, I've, you know, in my pipeline, obviously I've mentioned, you know, I've got um, acquisitions that we're doing financing for, but on, but it seems is more activity with succession. Um, the owners out there, they need to have a continuity plan. 
and they need to have a succession plan. Continuity plan is um, where if, if say I'm the owner of the, the RIA or I'm an advisor and Bridget, I want you to step in if I have any health issues or I suddenly pass away. And that's continuity plan. Okay. Succession plan is where Bridget, I know that you would be a great um, successor for my business. Right. And you know a little bit about my book of business. You know, we've worked together maybe, we're independent of one another, but we have very similar styles as far as investment philosophies. And so I've put a formal succession plan together and, and, it, and it spells out that there's a plan that perhaps you might buy into my RIA in tranches. Um, and that is critical too. There are owners of RIAs that have a tendency to wait until the last minute. Uh -oh. <laughs> so my, I guess my word of wisdom is start sooner than later. And the reason is, if you're my successor, I want you to be able to afford to buy my book of business or buy my RIA. And um, the sooner the better, just so I can get my return on my investment. And what constitutes sooner? Is it just, it's not, can't just be age, right? I mean, like it's also just where they are in life and what else? I mean, how do you do that? Yeah, great question. I just closed on a, um, this is a really good example uh, an RIA that the owners are actually in their 40s, the oh, two, wow. and that's still fairly young, yeah. I'm late 40s. But what they wanted to do is sell some ownership to six key either advisors and employees is kind of a mix. And it's the next gen. Yeah. And they see this group being their successor. And I was really impressed with that because they're thinking long-term yeah to make sure that the legacy passes on and their clients are gonna be taken care of. Um, and so sooner than later, and they can buy incremental shares and it becomes affordable. Um, and we here at Oak Street Funding, that's something that we can do. We, we're a conventional lender um, and we have the capacity to lend up, not that anybody would ever need 50 million to do succession planning, but we can help these individuals that either they're key employees or advisors be able to afford to buy into um, a practice. Okay. And, and we make these loans to the individual. We don't encumber their homes. Um, we don't in, involve their spouse. Um, it's a business loan. And I think we have a really good program to help. And um, I'm actually doing another set with another RIA with six key employees that are, I think they're all pretty much advisors. So it seems like we're getting um, a lot of these lately. And I think it's just because people are realizing they need to start yeah. sooner than later. Yeah, and it's the mark of a steady business as well, knowing yeah. that you're gonna be there and stand the test of time and you're going to pass this on to your next generation. And um, clients love it because they get to know all these other people yeah. on that team instead of, I just know Susie. And what if something happens to Susie? Right. And, you know, that isn't, that's really critical for success for the business. Great. Thanks, Susie. Um, so what should advisors prioritize during succession to ensure continued growth of their business? 
Well, first of all, definitely if, um, you know, for firms, um, a lot of firms are doing this more so than ever before. They work in teams. Mm, okay. So um, maybe Mrs. Jones or Mr. Smith is in the office and Bridget, you and I, um, I may be a financial planner, but you're the portfolio manager. We work as a team to help that meet their goals. They don't just know me, but they know you. That's got to be probably one important priority. Um, the other thing is, is that if I'm selling my firm or selling shares to you, is to have you involved of the operations of the business. And um, another good example is I worked with um, a team on the East Coast. Two founders sold their RIA to the next gen. And what was really inspiring about this particular situation, I worked with the two buyers, um, the Gen 2, for probably 18 months. Okay. And got to really know them. Yeah. They got to know us at Oak Street. And instead of them just coming to me, you know, on day one saying, hey, I'm ready to do the financing. We got a chance to know each other and make sure we were the right partner for them. And as I got to know the buyer, um, the Gen 2, they shared with me how the founders had them kind of take um, hold of the reins as far as operating and running the business. That is important yes. along with those relationships. So it takes time to get to know these clients um, and also how to run the business. And, you know, the next gen um, is your question about organic growth um, with succession, you know, new leadership, new opportunities, new style, new ways of doing things. Um, that can lead to a positive growth situation in, in a business. That makes total sense. So what are some core aspects to set up a smooth succession? Definitely have a plan, obviously. Right. Work with your advisors, being your banker, your CPA, your attorney. Um, have a transition plan. Have something definitely in writing. There's consultants out there that can help make sure that's kind of formalized as far as planning on how to reach out to the clients, communication pieces as, as far as marketing, letters, um, dinners, state of the union events. Um, I've heard so many different ways that, that um, our clients have actually planned this to make sure a successful transition during succession. Okay. Um, so do you have any last piece of advice to business owners planning a succession in 2023? You know, it's always good to start working with with your lender. I mean, we we like to be able to get to know that our clients so we can be we can be helpful as far as structure as a conventional lender. No deal. Every deal that we work on is different. M&A or succession. And that's the fun that I have as far as helping my clients, um, as far as helping them with the um, structure that's going to meet their needs and the cash flow of their business. Okay. Well, Susie, at the end of a show, we like to ask a fun little question. And the question we have for you today is, if you could choose to live in any other time, which period would you like to experience firsthand and why? Oh, wow. Okay. I gotta be careful of that. Um, it's a good question. No, it's a great question. I would say probably sometime before 
social media. Yes, internet. I can get on board with that. <laughs> As a child, for a few reasons, the the the, the pressure of being somebody or being or looking a certain way. Um, also, the ability to play outside and not feel a threat of, of, of any issues. So as a child, but as a woman, I would say today is the day because there's so much more opportunity for professional women. And then I would say also the 70s and 80s have great music. So okay, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I love your answers. Thank you very much, Susie. Thank and you for the for time. I appreciate yes, it. Thank you. I learned so much today. <laughs> thank you. So thank you all for listening to On Point, a podcast by Oak Street Funding, where we bring research and data-backed insights to dig into the minds of industry leaders, to learn how to stand out, to navigate, and break through this ever-changing industry. I'm Bridget Height. Tune in next time wherever you listen to podcasts as we get On Point. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review.